Hi y'all, welcome back to the glass room and it's your host Afrogene Annabel Pendlebury. I hope you've had a good weekend so far and I hope you're doing well in general because um, I am, I'm doing better um, than I was last week and the week before so hooray. <laughs> um, today's story is titled We Are All Mad. Yeah and this story is kind of centered on time and if you're if you're nigerian this is something that would resonate with you greatly because we have a concept called nigerian time um where we kind of like just arrive later so if you have an appointment for like 10 a.m we'll probably be there by 12 which is not a good thing but yeah so i just thought i'd address timing and how important that is because i am like a, a, a repeat offender myself and i think the the verse for that is ecclesiastes 3 which says there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens so i think it's very important that there's a time for everything and that's actually true like there's a time to be angry a time to speak a time to have fun you know there's a time for everything and i think that time is something that you can never get back so um it's just really good to be mindful of how you use it so yeah uh this story is quite a light story it's something that's really different from what i kind of normally put out there and i do hope you enjoy it okay bye bye <laughs> We are all mad. As I sit in the cramped office, frustration etches itself onto my face. The faded walls, peeling bits of paint and overall dilapidated appearance of the room add to my discontent. The once pristine white tiles have now turned grey, partly a testament to the passage of time and partly to the lack of proper upkeep. My gaze shifts to the desk, a weathered mahogany relic that stands dangerously on its last legs, its surface showing the scars of years of use. The accompanying wooden chair with its turned black leather seat has undoubtedly served its fair share of occupants. The office itself offers no room for luxury or comfort, lacking any glamorous accessories like a couch or a proper armchair for guests. In this dreary setting, I find myself staring at the clock yet again, marking the hundred time in just half an hour. Each tick amplifies the palpable tension as the suffocating atmosphere of the office threatens to overwhelm me. A sudden buzz breaks the silence, causing me to snatch up my phone with an eager hand. However, my excitement quickly turns to disappointment as I hiss at the screen. Realizing it's just a news notification from the Guardian newspaper reporting a hike in oil prices. I drop the phone onto the table with more force than intended, a release of frustration tinged with resentment. 
I had been hoping for a call or message from Mrs. Idowu to update me on her whereabouts. Mrs. Idowu occupies a significant place in my thoughts as she is the very reason I find myself confined to this office on a glorious bank holiday morning. Instead of relaxing or catching up on my chores, I am here, sat in this office. Mrs. Idowu is one of my mother's numerous friends, aunties as we often refer to them. I have only met her on two occasions. The first encounter took place at a party hosted by my parents. The second encounter occurred at my mother's shop where she sells beverages. A few days ago, my phone rang and I saw my mother's name flashing on the screen. Her voice carried a tone of desperation as she pleaded with me to assist Mrs. Ido, who found herself entangled in the usual bureaucratic red tapism with the Federal Ministry of Works regarding the construction of her commercial property. A notice had been served demanding an immediate halt to any further development on the site. The gravity of the situation weighed heavily on Mrs. Idowu as she faced not only substantial financial losses but also the possibility of losing her own home, which she had put up as collateral to secure the mortgage for the new commercial property. Initially, I had hesitated adamant about keeping business separate from personal matters involving family and friends. However, my mother's pleas grew increasingly persistent to the point where she managed to convince my father to join her in urging me to reconsider. With their combined efforts, I finally relented and agreed to help. I instructed my mother to have Mrs. Idowu contact me directly, hoping to gain a clearer understanding of the situation firsthand. Mrs. Idowu wasted no time in reaching out to me. As we spoke, she laid out the intricacies of her predicament, painting a picture of impending financial turmoil and the looming risk of losing her home. Deeply empathizing with Mrs. Idowu's distress, I assured her that I would take action to address her situation. Urgency resonated in her voice as she implored me to handle the matter swiftly. Meanwhile, my mother pleaded with me, emphasizing the urgency as Mrs. Idowu had already been approached by loan sharks who had heard about the notice that was served on her. Reluctantly, I made the decision to schedule an appointment with Mrs. Idowu at my office at the Federal Ministry of Housing and Works where I serve as a director for building controls. The meeting was scheduled for 4 a.m. today an appointment time she had insisted upon pleading for my assistance. It has been two hours now and Mrs. Idowu is nowhere to be found. I called her several times and each time she assured me she was on her way and had been held up in traffic. 
Frustration brewed within me as I dialed my mother's number, venting my displeasure. Despite my scolding, my mother pleaded once again, explaining that Mrs. Idowu was caught in heavy traffic but was still making her way. My fury intensified as I questioned why someone in desperate need would behave so irresponsibly. After sharing her heart-wrenching story, one would expect her to take this appointment seriously. I had sacrificed my mourning for her and her absence felt like a disregard for my effort. Lost in these thoughts, a knock at the door interrupts my thoughts. Mrs. Idowu enters the room with a careful, almost delicate gait, appearing immaculately and overly dressed for a bank holiday morning appointment. There is no trace of remorse or apology on her face. She greets me with a nonchalant, My dear, how are you doing? I reluctantly muster my manners and respond gruffly, Good morning, ma. She takes a seat across my desk, displaying the ease and familiarity of someone accustomed to being hosted. Inquiring about my parents and siblings, she continues the conversation with an air of detachment, not bothering to offer any apology for her tardiness. Her adult smile conveys a disconcerting tone as if I were a mere child in her presence. Maintaining my composure, I expressed my displeasure at her tardiness, making it clear that I was not pleased with her lack of punctuality. In response, she brushed off my concerns, remarking, My dear, you young people are always in such a hurry. You should understand that this is Nigerian time. Those very words struck a nerve, sending my blood boiling to its absolute limit. Without giving her a chance to respond, I informed her that I would not be able to assist her today due to another appointment that demands my attention. Her astonishment was evident as I swiftly gathered my belongings, including my handbag, phone, and car keys. I called out to my secretary, who was in the adjacent room, instructing her to lock up. With a smug smile, I bid Mrs. Idowu goodbye, saying, Have a good day, ma, as I bounced out of my office with renewed determination. Since we are all mad, and in that moment... I too could behave madly. Mm-hmm.